And uh, I got so excited about it at one point that I, I was up at like 11 o'clock at night. I was feeling all manic. I'd probably had a couple beers. And I sent this email to the entire staff. And I said, guys, we're shutting Metal Lab down. We're going all in on flow. And Chris, my business partner who's here somewhere. Where's Chris? Chris over there. Uh, Chris was the CFO at the time. And he looked at the numbers. And he was like, we will be out of business in How three big? months. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it like no days off. Standing, put your hands together for Webby Award winning Sean Purry, Sam Parr, and special guest Andrew Wilkinson. Come on out, you guys. Extra mics. All right. So we are uh, we are backstage, and we saw like all the bands that have played here. It's like Franz Ferdinand and like the Killers and all these cool things. And I heard the sound guys. First of all, sound guys, I want to apologize. I heard them talking before this, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" There's <laughs> like, is this like a rich guy's birthday party? What is this? I think they thought it was a graduation happening. <laughs> so sound guys, sorry. But Sam, it is you, what it is. You always wanted to be a star. You wanted to walk out to a sold-out venue, and uh, I guess this was it's one way to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's one way to do it. So, sound guy, it's going to be the lamest thing you're going to see this week, but maybe you'll learn something. I don't know. Uh, but this is awesome. What do you think? Working? Fuck you, sound guy. Is this working? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, you can tell who the real podcasters are up here. So, so, so we did this huge event in Vancouver. We had like 1,200 people in this massive theater. And Sam sneaks out on the stage. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's, he's peering around the corner taking photos. And he goes, I'm posting this on Facebook. And I was like, who the fuck uses Facebook? That's so weird. And he goes, all the people I went to high school with. <laughs> uh, and so we wanted to start off by saying, we were laughing backstage. I, and we were like, right before we came on, we're like, we got to talk about Nick Gray. Does anyone here, has anyone here met Nick Gray? That was the guy that was just talking. Nick, I just met him for the first time last night. He is, I don't know if he's the most interesting man in the world, but he's like the most interesting man in Texas, for sure. I, I'll give him that. I feel like on this show, we always talk about billionaires, and there's a lot of money billionaires, but Nick is a friend billionaire. Yeah, last night, so we hosted a dinner last night with like, I don't know, 15 people, and Sam had set it all up. It was going to be perfect. He had this like high-end restaurant, table for 14. The time was locked in. We got reminders. We show up. It's supposed to be beautiful, uh, you know, just a first-class dinner. Everything was taken care of. And we get there, and immediately the plan was blown up. <laughs> it was raining it outside. It starts raining like crazy, was, and our seat was like half outside. Yeah, so we weren't going to be able to do it. Immediately, Nick Gray improvises. He's like, hold on. You six to the bar, and then he sprinted, because I pulled up, I saw him running, and I was like, Nick Ray, where are you going? And he was like, I'm scoping out a venue, and he, <laughs> I don't know where he, he went. He runs into this place, and he's like, hey, is this a event space? And it's the women, soaking wet. Yeah, Just, <laughs> and the women look at each other, and they're like, what? And he goes, what's the name of this place? And they go, it's called Miss Kitties. And he's like, are you guys in event space? What do you do? He goes, we wax women. And he goes, oh. <laughs> I got 15 dudes outside. Do you have an event space or not? <laughs> but he did. He found us this like 
like sh- abandoned shack almost this amazing place and he he, he got us <laughs> it was really like a shed it was an we- abandoned shed but it was like I don't know. It was perfect. It was exactly what we did. It was outside the rain. We were all in there. It was quiet. We could talk. And, um, and he hosts this thing. Cause so what Nick does is he has this book called, I think the two hour cocktail party. And he's basically perfected the art of a two hour party. And I got to see it firsthand. He takes out his harmonica to like get everyone's attention. And then he, uh, he has this way of getting everybody to open up, to talk, to sit in the right places, do the right things. And, it was incredible. The best part, though, was he saved your he saved you. <laughs> so so Nick is looking around and he walks up to me. He goes, "Hey, are you all good? Everything good?" Uh, and I say, "Okay, I want to go to the shed. I'm excited. I'm a little bit cold, though. Is it going to be uh, is it going to be heated?" And he goes, "Hold on, I'll be right back." And he runs outside, and like Sam said, it's like pouring rain. I don't know if you guys witnessed this yesterday, but it was insane. He comes back. He's soaking wet. He looks like that scene in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, when the guy's like at the doorstep, and he brings me this sweatshirt, which he had paid like $70 for. That's who Nick Gray is. <laughs> and the reason we're bringing this up is not because we like him. It's be- <laughs> to be clear, we yeah. like him. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, we like him, but that's not why we're bringing this up. But on our pod, My First Million... Uh, and by the way, is everyone here? Is anyone who doesn't listen to MFM here? Who's here for the graduation? <laughs> yeah, okay. And he, who here actually listens to us regularly? All right, that's good enough. And so we bring up all these like weird businesses that a lot of people haven't um, heard about. And this one is probably the weirdest one. He, he told me he was going to write this book about a cocktail party. I thought it was a horrible idea. And so far he's sold 11,000 copies of this book, which is insane. And he... Um, and so we have this dinner, and we meet all these interesting people at this, like, 14-person dinner. I think we had a guy there who sold a company that sold dog supplements, which is, like, the greatest business ever because who knows if it works, right? Like, you have no idea. He sold his company for $650 million. It was insane. And he was telling us a story about this. We had another guy who sells, also dog-related, dog ramps, so, like, so your old or small dog can like go up on the couch. And he does 18 million a year in sales. There was another guy there that has a website that is like a marketplace so you can rent a tractor and it's killing it. We had a, uh, a person who has a car, a bunch of, owns a bunch of car washers that does tens of millions in profit. What else do we have? Anything else that was weird? It was, cra- it was crazy. It was different than San Francisco. If you go to San Francisco or New York, you get one type of entrepreneur. You get the t- you know, AI, crypto, you get that in SF. In New York, you get something else. And in Austin, you get mustache, hat, tilt, and like, I, I sell tractors online, or <laughs> I'll sell your dog some vitamins. You know, uh, you get a different type of entrepreneur. I bet in the, I bet in the crowd right now, we got to have some interesting businesses. Some, yeah, some, who, who here has a business? Let's get a, we, get a sense of who's get a, here. Get a hand up. So keep your hand up if you own a business. And if you do over 100000 Raise them high. Raise them, really raise high, them like really you're high. proud. If you do over $100,000, keep it up. If you do 500,000, keep it up. Uh, 1 million, 5 million. Okay, we got a few. Okay, Hold 20, on. 20 million, anybody? No? Okay, back to five. Whoa, no, 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 we, we got, we got, got them over we here. Have, we got a couple? Okay, 20 million, 20 million and up. We, couple over, we got one over here, okay. two here, okay. one in the back. Any of those, any of them profitable? Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, Nick, we want to talk to these guys. I want to know what their businesses are. Put your hands up, hand is up. I'm coming over here. 
Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing. If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to D2C Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, stand up, please. Let's hear from you. What's your name and what's your business? Kelsey Larrick, 365 Holdings. We're an e-commerce roll-up. Sorry, can you say that one more time? In 365. Slow motion, please. <laughs> 365 Holdings. We roll up e-commerce businesses. I want to be Andrew Wilkinson when I grow up. <laughs> No, you don't, trust me. He, he's blushing sure up here. It's very sad. <laughs> it sounds like a good game. Okay, right, great. Who, who's the guy next to you? Uh, Justin Turner, Traction Capital. Our, we have a business that sells equipment to fire departments. What, nice. what do you mean? I love the way you said all that, but I'm going to... Can I just try being you for a second? Sean Puri, Puri, dad of, dad of the house. Uh, changed diapers. <laughs> like, you just said an awesome thing, but with such... Like, yeah, you probably read about me. That's the vibe we, I got. Uh, we sell like $37 million worth of equipment that fire departments use and firemen use every day. Like a day. hose? Like, like, yeah, like hoses, a- nozzles. Uniforms? Uniforms. And why is, okay, so and what about competition? Is it just like you're the only one in town, there's only one place to buy them? Or do you have a moat of some kind? We have exclusive distribution uh, relationships in nine of the Western states in the how, U.S. How much profit on 37 million in revenue? Uh, it's about 10% margin. Does it feel uncomfortable when I ask you these questions? Should I ask like, what do no. you look like naked? Like, <laughs> what was it like when you lost your virginity? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> um, all right, what else? And who else? Uh, who, who, who's got a weirder story than that? Anybody got a weirder story who's than got, that? Yeah, put your hand up if you've got a really okay. weird business. Okay, Shit, maybe it was there. like weird? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Nick. Hold on one hold sec, on, please. Hold on. Okay, so this is a paper koozie, but I own a 40,000-square-foot print shop, warehouse, and we print real koozies. So, like, it's really niche, and it's really random. Not these small boy koozies Not that we koozie, handed out. Like, how just how like, long have you been running your business for? Um, I've been in business for eight years, but we do a lot of different types of printing. Um, Did you become a millionaire selling beer koozies? That was my first largest e-com store that I created, yeah. Selling koozies because I'm from the Midwest, and we drink a lot of beer. And that's you look it. like you're from the Midwest. Yeah, I just put Austin. <laughs> you and I like. I'm close to St. Louis, actually. Is that so your sister? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. be cousins. Anyone else have a really, really weird business, like dog ramp We're, level weird business? T- tell them to let the freak flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Guy with the Austin stash. There, oh, it, there is. it is. The, 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 the capital V neck shirt. You I just like grow it. those when you fly in. As soon as you cross the the border, the, the mustache just pops up. We make custom dog treats for hospitality businesses. So like when the Ritz-Carlton has guests come with dogs, we provide the dog treats that they give to their guests. And why wouldn't they just use normal dog treats? Because ours have their branding on them. Oh, very smart. How big is that? Um, We started 10 months ago, and we've grown it to half a million in 10 months at Runrate. Wow. That's cool. This is cool. We're going to hear more businesses because a little bit later we're going to do like a Shark Tanky type of thing with a bunch of uh, of pitches. Yeah. We can put put the lights down. Two times. Okay, there we go. Um, 
So the cool part about like doing this stuff is we get to meet all these interesting people who are succeeding and some are failing, which is actually just or more interesting. Um, but speaking of a big success, Andrew over here took his company uh, public. I thought you were pointing at me. Uh, uh, I was like, I no. <laughs> uh, Andrew over here just took his company public. It's called Tiny. It's not that tiny. Yeah, that should be the tagline. It's not that tiny. <laughs> and you were telling... He was telling us a story that we had not heard about almost selling the company like six This years. was a backstage story. Can we tell it? I think we could. Yeah, we can, we can tell it. So there's, there's really two stories. So one. By the uh, way, if you don't know, I, I got to do the intro. Uh, Andrew started this thing called MetaLab. It was an agency that made a bunch of um, tech stuff for big companies. Using the profits from that company, he then started buying and investing in other companies which that hold company that hold company was or hold co was called uh, tiny he recently took it public last week it's now trading at 850 million canadian dollars which is only like 600 million bucks in real money uh, no but it was, it's a huge success but it all started because he had this agency called metalab where he was um, you know like i said doing stuff for tech people but you were saying earlier that how that was like the foundation for the success of everything else but you it you almost did something crazy early on. Yeah. So I almost wasn't sitting, wouldn't be sitting here. So uh, we were sitting at dinner the other night and talking about this. And uh, there's two stories. So one, uh, I got very excited. It, when, when, you know, you, when, when you have a business, you always know how much it sucks, how hard it is to run. And you always admire other people's businesses. And so I always wanted like a SaaS business, a sexy business. And so I started one. I started this productivity uh, business called Flow. It was like a sauna <laughs> except we didn't raise any money and we, uh, we had a great product, but it just didn't go so anywhere. Like uh, task management software. Task management, which, which is like guys, one of the hardest things to do. One of the do. hardest businesses in the world. And uh, I got so excited about it at one point that I, I was up at like 11 o'clock at night. I was feeling all manic. I'd probably had a couple beers. And I sent this email to the entire staff and I said, guys, we're shutting MetaLab down. We're going all in on flow. And Chris, my business partner who's here somewhere, where's Chris? Chris over there. Uh, Chris was the CFO at the time. And he looked at the numbers and he was like, we will be out of business in how three big, months. How big was Flow? At Flow the time? was doing like 300K of revenue and, and MetaLab was, was like 2 million or something like that. And so How big Chris, was MetaLab when you, when, when you were... Two, 2 million maybe at that so point? So 2 million in revenue versus yeah. 300,000? 300K or something. I was just like moment of insanity. And Chris went around to all the employees quietly and was like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. We'll be bankrupt in like a week. And save the day. And then the second story was uh, Chris and I, we, you know, running an agency is really stressful. And we got this offer for the business to sell it for $15 million. This is about eight or nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. And 15.15. 15.15. And uh, we actually went through the whole process, you know, spent four months going back and forth with this private equity firm. We signed the documents. You know, my lawyer calls me in, quivering hand. I sign, sign the documents, and the wire's supposed to come in the next day. And so I wake up. I go to my local bank branch. I go to the ATM, and I look at the balance. My balance is the same. And I think, okay, it's probably going to come in later. So I check later. Nothing. Next day, nothing. Next day, nothing. I call the guy at the private equity firm, and he goes, hey, man, I'm really sorry, but we weren't able to uh, finish closing our fund. So the deal is not done. So I legally sold the business. And if the wire had come in, I would, my business would be worth 
maybe nothing at this point because this was the entire foundation of the business and we would be we would be tiny so we almost lost it all what do you think it's worth now meta lab i don't know hundreds of millions for sure but i don't i don't and know didn't so it all could have just one decision actually you made the decision and it's and it was all driven by anxiety right it's panic right. every i'm sure every one of you that runs a business Everyone knows how miserable it is inside, right? I've, you talk to people, you look at them on the outside, you go, they're an amazing operator, they have a great business. But on the inside, there's a great quote by Brent Bishore. He goes, every business is a slow motion knife fight, right? Like you just wake up in the morning, you're sweating and you're fighting, you're trying to survive, right? And we felt that way and we pushed through and it was okay, but we almost gave in. Did you, before you sold the hustle to HubSpot, did you ever... Almost. Did you come close to selling before that? So when I was running the company, I was miserable most every time. So if you go on like Facebook or Instagram, look at my pictures from like 2017 and 18. I was lumpy. I was like pretty fat, uh, and I was like because I was eating all the time to like make myself feel better. So I was miserable most of the time. And then this one company emailed me to uh, they showed interest in buying, and so I flew fly all the way out to New York and. I start talking to them and I get in their office and like, it's empty. And I'm like, where is everyone? And they're like, Oh, they're doing stuff. And I'm, and they take me to a, an office to have the meeting. And I look in the windows of each office and they're in a, every employee is in a sexual harassment seminar because the CMO had just like, you know, gone off the rails and did a bunch of bad shit. Um, and so they get me in a room, they like send me a term sheet and they're like, we'll buy your company for $10 million but it's going to be all in stock. And I was like, well, show me the financials and like, let me see what's going on with your business. And, and I got a peek in it. And the company was Vice, Vice Media, which means that deal, I was so close to taking it, it would be worth zero. I'd probably be in debt because Vice, like the valuation has just plummeted. And so I almost took that because I was so like desperate to get out. The sexual and, harassment seminar almost saved you. It, it did. Yeah. Yes. You're a survivor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it like my days off. On the road, let's travel, never looking back. Like-